Tony. I'm David. And we're the Pedal Sniffers. And this episode, we will be talking about pedal boards. All kinds, all shapes, all sizes, all prices. Probably not the most uh, technical of the episodes we will do, but arguably one of the most important because pedal boards are the foundation of your pedal board. Arguably the most boring but most important part of your pedal board is the pedal board. You need to give it some thought uh, if you haven't chosen one because there are many choices in the process that will affect other things you're going to do later. For sure. We are going to cover uh, types of pedal boards that we've categorized into flat boards, which are flat. They essentially have <laughs> nothing uh, on them, nothing underneath them, although there are some boards that are raised flats, but we'll still call them flats. Mm-hmm. Uh, then boards we call inclines um, that have a incline 10, 15 degree tilt and boards with tiers. Yeah, and both of those typically have room to put things underneath the board. Yes. We'll get this right out of the way first, though. David's got a weird fascination with flat boards, but we both agree that they're... They they don't make any practical sense (laughs) as far as... Because you have to accommodate for more room on the top for, like, your power supply and cables. But my fascination is I like the way they look. True, true. It's If you like your wiring exposed and you do a neat kind of telecom kind of install... It looks like a circuit board. I think it's it's really cool. But it's very difficult to keep neat, so... Maybe one day. One day. <laughs> um, now, within the different formats, there's also what we call different layouts, which is where some boards are constructed with horizontal slats, like pedal trains. Mm-hmm. Most people are familiar with that kind of construction. And then many of the other uh, aluminum boards are f- uh, made of a flat sheet that has holes or shapes punched in it in certain fashions, some of them being more advantageous than others. Yeah, and then flat, flat boards are typically just made out of some form of wood, and they're painted black, and then they have metal sides around around the uh, yes, outskirts. Yes. Yeah, often plywood laminated by some yeah, kind of Tolex or carpet or some rubberized coating. Yeah, which is why they're typically the cheaper option. Now, um, any board that you get, have, make, construct, hand-me-down is better than no board. Yes, because who wants to get to a gig, have like five pedals in their board, and every time you get to uh, where you're going, you have to throw them all on the ground, they're going to be going all over the place while you're stepping on them. So Your, your cables will be yeah. tangled, you'll be disconnecting, you'll be, somebody will kick them, they'll be in the wrong place. All, all it is really is you're extending your setup and teardown time unnecessarily. You're adding wear and tear to your, your gear, mm-hmm. the cables. You're more likely to have a cable short and stuff that you're constantly moving around. So whether you make your own board or you spend five, six, seven hundred dollars on a board or yes. anywhere in between, get a pedal board so you don't have that problem. Go to Home Depot and buy a two by four and tape some pedals to your board. Yeah. Just, just don't let them um, go everywhere. Yeah, we're, we're, I don't think we should cover like DIY options because there's no, plenty no, no. of things out there, but it doesn't matter what it is. It's either a piece of plexiglass, it's an Ikea shelf, it's a piece of plywood from Home Depot, it's a pallet scrap piece of wood whatever it is it's a skateboard i've seen that too it doesn't matter yeah just build yourself a board you'll thank it you'll thank us for it later uh and you build your own board you might end up needing a case of some kind to put it in visit your local thrift store and find a suitcase so as with our last episode on uh switching loopers we've constructed for you a handy spreadsheet to follow along with at home darker is better Mm. Uh, presented without comment. (laughs) 
Now, some of the values uh, in the spreadsheet uh, we felt were uh, objectively just better than others. The lighter the pedal board, the better. The cheaper the pedal board, the better. And the cheaper the area per dollar that you're getting, or dollar per square inch, the better. Yes. So those values are organized on the spreadsheet with the darkest colors being the best range. The most valuable. And the lighter color being the next best range. Um, In prices... Basically, we constructed the darker values to be up to and just over slightly $100. There's pretty much any board you could get under $100 there uh, to meet most of your requirements, except for perhaps the largest sizes you need. Uh, The second range for prices is up to and just over $200, which will get you nearly any of the pedal boards on this list. Yes. Pounds, of course, lighter's better. We did anything under three pounds was the best option, and then up to five pounds is was the next tier. But in reality, once you start putting pedals and power supplies and cables on your board, it's going to get four times, five times as heavy. So only if you have a specific weight requirement that it has to be under X pounds because you're going to fly with it or yeah. whatever it is, I don't think you really need to pay any attention to that. Yeah, I know. For I think, how much is the Temple Trio? Temple Trio. Let me consult the uh, list here. The 21, the 28, they are 3.4 and 4.8 pounds. Okay, so... They are among the lightest of uh, the larger size yeah, boards so as well. I have a Temple Trio 40... Or sorry, Temple Trio 28, which weighs 4.8 pounds. And I know for sure that in a hard case, completely... Full, it weighs just under 60 pounds. Okay. So that should give you a pretty good idea of what oh, yeah. to and expect. You've, you've seen a picture of David's board from last episode. So without the hard case, it probably weighs closer to low or sorry. <laughs> we should weighs, weigh it with and I, without I, case. I'm not. It's probably around 40 pounds. All right. But yeah. The last scale value was the dollars per square inch. Uh, it's just a way to value the area of the pedal board and the price to kind of get an idea where these things lie. Cause there are really boutique pedal boards and there are really simple pedal boards. Yeah, we kind of, uh, we have the, uh, I think we have the extremes of both here. A little bit. And, uh, as, as usual as, well, as usual as twice can be on pedal sniffers, but as usual, we're trying to give you some objective measurements, uh, on how you might want to choose your board. Um, one dimension that's not on the spreadsheet, uh, but that you should keep in mind, and I suppose it's only not there because, uh, perhaps laziness, but is keep the effective height of the board in mind. Yeah. Uh, you have to think about the overall height of the back row of your pedal board, whether it's an incline or a tiered where you may be up to two or three steps in the back, um, for two reasons. A, that you have enough room for a pedal supply, pedal supply, a power supply underneath, assuming you're going to put it there, and two, so that you don't look like Captain Morgan when you're yeah. stepping on your volume pedal. Yeah, for example, um, the temple boards are really low profile, not only in how high the bottom of the board is off the floor, but also how tall the board is itself. So you're going to have less room to fit um, anything you want under the board as opposed to a pedal train, which is pretty high-rised. Um, uh, yeah, I would add that the temple boards are probably the lowest incline height boards that can still fit a full-size power supply underneath. Yeah, they are. I, I kind of consider them a hybrid between a slanted and flat board. Gotcha. Uh, one more thing in the spreadsheet to keep in mind is that the case that is included with the pedal board is important with 
the price and the price per square inch because we've calculated uh, all the prices to use a soft case where it's available uh, in all the calculations. So with the exception of Squatch, which doesn't come with any cases at all, uh, all of our case prices feature a soft case except where a hard case is indicated. And those prices are used for the uh, dollar per square inch calculations. Alrighty. First on our list of boards is Blackbird. So Blackbird is our one of our more affordable brands, and they seem to be kind of marketed at the people who want a more boutique-style board but at a much cheaper price. So they come in multiple colors. Uh, they seem to be the... I would, I would regard them as the pedal train of the wood boards as far as their affordability, what you're getting for your money. They come with hard cases for a very, uh, very good price, even though we have not listed that. But soft cases are uh, also an option as well. Two noteworthy features on the blackboard, specifically with the 1224 model, which handily is the dimensions of the board, uh, are the soft case with... um, stay in play feature or something they call it like that uh but live in, in case live in case live in case live, live in case, case. I, I could go, go either way it could go either way it works either way but you can unzip the case uh leave it open and there's a side flap for your jack connections and you never have to take the pedal board out of the bag which is fairly uncommon in a soft case board uh now all the blackboard pedal boards also feature uh the top cover of the board is essentially already soft-sided Velcro. Yep. So no additional Velcro attachment necessary. Which can be uh, irritating if you don't want to use Velcro. Um, I just wanted to mention they do offer custom sizes. For sure. Uh, tell us about creation boards there, David. Alrighty. Creation boards. So creation is by far the most expensive option on this list as far as... Square inches per uh, dollar, and well, they are exceeded by another brand. Are they really? They are. They are definitely the most expensive for flat boards, but that's also because we don't have too many flat boards on the uh, on the survey here. That is true. Uh, but they are eclipsed by the mono boards for dollar per square inch later in the list. That is true. But they do come with some extra stuff that Creations don't necessarily do. So Creation, like Blackbird, are all wood construction. Um, this time they're made. By by completely by hand by one individual in a very small factory. Um, I think it's a three or four man operation at Creation, and they will do anything you want. Um, these what we have listed are their production models. So the Pro, the Pro Elevation are their uh, Elevation series, and they have three lines of that. Um, they have their Basic, the Pro, which comes with jacks on the side, um, an IEC cable connection, so where you can put your pedal board or your power supply under your board, plug in the IEC connection into your power supply, and then instead of having to wire your power supply out from under your board or from a hole, you can just plug an IEC cable into the side of your board instead of having to uh, route it elsewhere, which makes uh, setting up a little bit easier. By far, the some of the prettiest boards on our list, so if you're into the, the shiny, pretty uh, Instagram shots... This board might be for you if you want to be the guy who has the coolest looking board. Other than that, I'm actually not really sure if there's any other reason to go with creation other than the way you like, unless you like the company or if you like 
the way they look because it's, from a functionality standpoint, they don't do anything different than any of the others. While being heavier and a little yeah. more expensive. Yeah. And being heavier, that means they're going to be sturdy. They're going to hold up. So they're built like a tank. I do know personally that the Creation guys are amazing. I had them build my hard case for my pedal board. So for anyone, any anything on this list, if you can't get a hard case for, um, Creation is actually an option for that. But they are for sure a great option as far as your, a custom-built wood board. And I think other than Squatch, they're the only wood boards on this list. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Everything else is uh, aluminum or steel yeah, construction. And the reason we didn't list any others is just because I think they're, they're a good um, standout brand that's a little bit more common, that they're pretty relatable to everyone else, everyone else who does a similar thing. So you can expect anywhere else to be paying a similar amount. Okay. Uh, next, we got Friedman boards. Uh, again, thankfully, the dimensions are in the title. The uh, Tor 1520, 1525, and 1530. That's depth by width, if you're keeping along. Uh, the Friedman boards are a tiered board uh, with risers available for the front to even out the slant for a larger volume pedal. Uh, really nice construction. Uh, they have a uh, available buffer bay for one of the sides and a power supply designed to fit perfectly in there. Um, as an all-in-one package, uh, which you can get the Friedman with the buffer bay and the uh, yes. power supply, it's a really nice package. It's a little pricey. There are definitely cheaper options out there, uh, but it does fall within the mid-range of our uh, our value. Yeah, and at the very least, I, I kind of consider... If I were to get a Freeman board, at the very least, I would have to get the buffer bay because it's a proprietary. You're board. looking, yeah, the yeah. whole the hole on the side of the board where you'd want to put your jacks, it really only fits the Freeman buffer yeah. bay. Yeah, and, and if you don't have it, you have a ginormous hole on the side of your board. Um, that being said, it's a really awesome feature. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Gator Cases makes a ton of pedal boards, including flat boards and plastic molded board, uh, but we chose only to include their aluminum uh, AK boards on this particular list mm-hmm. because they are uh, probably the most popular, the ones that we've been through, and they're the most comparable to some other ones on the list. Super light. Uh, I'm kind of fond of these boards. Um, I agree. They come in many colors also. Um, they have a very handy... Uh, power supply mount underneath which fits a wide variety of power supplies Uh, it's a nice big bracket Uh, and they come with a great case Um, and at least uh, two of them are in the great value range of our spreadsheet Uh, so we were talking about expensive cases Uh, monos are up here at the top they're arguably some of the nicest looking ones if you like the aluminum kind of punched out kind of boards and the case, forget about it. The case is ridiculously nice. If we took out the price of the case, they would be a lot more relatable as far as the boards themselves. But the case, uh, the cases themselves are arguably the best saw cases on the market. I had owned their uh, PT2 size. Uh, I think it's their, um, what case would it be? The, it'd be the uh, medium-sized uh, mono case. Um, for an old pedal board I had, and that was absolutely unbelievable. Very well built. I would trust that case um, to protect my pedals in just about any scenario. Um, They are expensive, very expensive, Um, almost as expensive as a hard case in some scenarios. But they're going to be lighter than a hard case, and if you live in Florida like we do, maybe you don't want to be looking around a hard case. (laughs) Um, While every brand board here, uh, manufacturer includes Velcro, uh, 
the mono boards actually include dual lock with their boards, which is a standout feature if you're into that. Yeah, and I believe we both prefer it. Well, we'll talk about that. Because yeah. I wouldn't say I always prefer it, but it's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, do, I know cool. you'll disagree. I don't uh, know if I disagree. It depends. Yeah, all right. Um, all right, so the grandfather of pedal boards, or at least the grandfather of manufactured pedal boards, must be pedal trains. The pedal choo-choos. Yeah. Um, pedal trains have been around for a while. The aluminum slat design has been very widely copied. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, uh, they're, they're among the lightest of the boards we've got and among the most affordable. By far the... The affordable standout brand, the industry standard, I would say, um, when people think of a pedal board. Most of the time, they will think of a pedal train. And now they come in a whopping, what is that, 12, 15 sizes. Yeah, um, uh, from, which is ridiculous. Yeah, Various widths and depths. Um, you know what? Let's take a moment to talk about that aspect of the dimensions because uh, as you look at the depth of the pedal board, and this is from the front where your feet are to the back of the board, um, that depth kind of tells you really how many rows of pedals you're going to have. Yeah. It's typically a one or two or th- kind of three row deep pedal board. So a 12 inch deep pedal board typically means two rows. Um, a 16 is three. And then I don't think we go much beyond that as far as, uh, depth. The tone trunk from T-Rex clocks in at just about 19 inches depth, but it's a, and it's a three tier. Yeah. So board. with a three tier, um, when it comes to the tiered boards, um, it's going to be how many ever tiers is how many rows you have, for the most case. Duh. Well, don't duh me. <laughs> Some people might not know that, Tony. Yeah, yeah, that's a fair assessment. They don't see the board right now, do they? Uh, uh, tiered board, tiered rows, gotcha. All right. Um, pedal trains, many sizes, um, many depths and width combinations from squares to long rectangles to kind of short rectangles. Uh, Squatch Design Co. So this is a very new brand um to anyone who knows who sinusoids are this is um not offshoot but another another brand they started um very recently that specializes specifically in um custom built um wooden pedal boards not dissimilar to creation and what they make is what you can get um so they'll put them up on the website and they make three sizes they make a small medium and a large made in batches you cannot custom order them so once they are in stock and sold you have to wait until they are restocked to get one um very cool boards um relatively affordable for that kind of uh pedal board um but they do not come with a case so you do have to remember that so you have to buy a case from some other brand or from somewhere else which can be a hassle the t-rex boards um are very nice. Let's just go with that. They are um, lightweight aluminum construction. Uh, they're a tiered board, uh, I suppose, with the exception of the minor, which is one tier, which mm-hmm. I guess we're calling flat. Um, but super light, really nice cases, excellent price points. Um, they're in the tops for our value picks. I did just recently build a board with one, and I was very impressed. I had never really looked at them before. They're really cool. Uh, the only downside I can think of... You can't fit a full-size volume pedal wah. Oh, no, not that. But, but yes, you can't fit a full-size thing without a, uh, without a riser, without, without riser to even out the tiers. Uh, my complaint was going to be that the all but the uh, 70 and the major, uh, the height of the rear tier doesn't fit some power supplies. Mm-hmm. It's just not tall enough. Um, 
the uh, walrus power supplies and perhaps even a couple of the voodoos just won't fit under there's not enough height. Yeah. So they're they're really low profile. So that's something else to keep in mind. All right. Uh, now we're probably at David's favorite. Uh, Temple Audio makes some pretty cool boards. So these are the most un- some of the most unique in construction, I would say. Um, they are made of completely of aluminum. They're powder coated and available in three colors on their website. And then you can also order a custom color for an extra $50. Um, the tops are perforated metal, um, mostly flat with a slight incline, low profile as we have stated before. So they are a hybrid between a flat board and an incline board as they... With the perforated metal, you can put a pedal pretty much anywhere you want on the entire board, entire surface area. So you have no limitation to um, pedal placement other than the size of the pedal and how many pedals you put on them. They also are completely configurable with many different proprietary options. And extremely lightweight, um, very affordable for what you're getting. Uh, hard and soft cases available for every single uh, pedal board on the line. Now I'm really excited about these ultimate support pedal boards. I don't know why. It's kind of an they are um, really cool. It's kind of a you know un uh, or subjective uh, weird pedal board lust I've got for these things, but they're really neat looking. Um, it's a aluminum slat construction, not unlike a pedal train, um, but they've they've refined the shape. They've got a, a very nice incline, and there are two features that are really a standout. Um, one of them is. At the bottom of the rails uh, are channels in which plastic clips slide uh, to hold your cables underneath. Super cool. Um, There is, I guess that's three features. There are um, power supply clamps that, again, hold a wide variety of different size power supplies. And the two larger boards have a, um, a base in which you can mount a mic stand, which I think is a standout feature. Which is really cool. But I will also say I do know you can buy that for other things. But that is something that is, comes with it, which is amazing. It's right there in the middle of the yeah. right. It's really cool. All right. And last on our list is um, another uh, aluminum incline board. These are the Voodoo Dingbats. They are much like the Gator aluminum boards we talked about before. And mm-hmm. the mono boards, very similar in construction. Uh, I happen to have the Dingbat Medium uh, as a picture of my pedal board. Uh, you'll see it on our website. It's actually in a custom Pedal Genie purple color. No, one of one. You, you can't have one. <laughs> one of one. Well, unless you ask really nicely, and then maybe you can have one. Uh, but the dingbat comes in small, medium, and large, with the tiny being introduced uh, very soon, which is why we don't have a weight on it. Um, I like these boards a lot. They're, the medium is a really good size for me. Uh, there's just enough height, uh, and it's reasonably easy to add uh, uh kind of patch bay things to the side. There's just enough room for that if you're at least a little bit of a DA wire. Yep. So that's the um, main points of the spreadsheet that we've got. boring, this is what these are. That's what they are. Yeah, you, you needed to know. Um, but what you really came here for was which ones do we like best? For sure. So I got my picks. You have yours? Yes. All right. Well, I'll go first then because you didn't sound very... Uh, Kind of very, very sure. I am sure, but I'm very biased, so I want to be careful. Gotcha. Uh, well, as I shared my excitement with the 
ultimate support boards before. Um, if I was doing a new board right now, I would probably very likely choose the ultimate support 500 for the mic stand reason. And the size is right in the ballpark that I would need. Um, how do they look for a price? They are, the 500 is in the top range of our price per square inch. I would not recommend something that wasn't a good value. (laughs) Neither would I. (laughs) Unless, well, if you want something pretty. Now, as a, at a similar, um, similar size and price range, my next pick would probably be the Temple Duo 24. Mm -hmm. Um, I am very partial to the low inclined space underneath, uh, the kind of features we talked about there. Uh, and again, that board hits the, uh, top tier price per square inch ratio i'm really intrigued by the uh back to the ultimate support the uh, 500 mm-hmm. the depth is 14.4 which is different than most uh most boards that saw medium-sized boards they are normally 12 inches deep right so, so I, I like the extra two inches that gives you that gives you room to put two two rows and then possibly in the center um another pedal um sideways i'd agree um, for a small board, I would be partial to the Tone Trunk Miner from T-Rex. Uh, smallest, lightest, good size for a uh, fly rig type board with just one row of pedals. And also a great value as well in the top tier of price and price per square inch. Um, my last pedal board of note was going to be the Pedal Train Metro 24. Uh tops in the three categories that i color-coded it's the lightest it's the cheapest and it's got the best price per square inch for its size for sure um quickly on pedal train um we do not have the prices for the hard cases but i know for certain that if a hard case is a must for you um you have to look at pedal train because they are by far the cheapest option if you have to have a hard case gotcha and hard cases are available for nearly all of the nearly all of uh, large ones yep anything more than 12 and a half inches i think they have hard mm-hmm. and even i think uh, uh, once you get to a certain size um as far as uh how small your board is um a hard case might not be the best option especially if you're carrying it on a plane why would you even need a hard case if sure. you can fit it in and fit it in your backpack for sure so david what's your favorite so by far my favorite brand um is temple i think they are the most unique um the most versatile in the way you can use them and also the uh the most forward pushing i think they've improved on a lot of ideas of many other um, boards um the most standout feature uh, is their proprietary um, mounting system which is also controversial to many people is due to the so Temple boards use a adhesive plate that you attach yes. to your pedal, and then the plate fastens to the yes. pedal board through the holes that are machined Correct. throughout the board. So the uh, the proprietary plates have a low tab on each corner of the plate um, that will lock into the top of the board, and then once you have placed the uh, pedal onto the board, you can screw that plate to the bottom of the board, and it will go nowhere. Um, you can lift up the entire pedal board with one of your pedals. Um, that being said, to do this, the adhesive has to be extremely strong. So when you do want to change the location or the or your up or maybe a pedal on your pedal board, you have to keep in mind that taking off these adhesive plates are, is kind of a pain. I will give them that. But taking that being, off Velcro or yeah. dual lock off anything can be a pain. Yes, but this is 
particular, probably one of the worst. Gotcha. That so, being said, you do not have to use the plates. You can use Velcro or dual lock on uh, temple boards. I've seen many people, people do it. I do a combination of both for any pedals that have to move at all frequently. They do use dual lock. So case in point on David's board, his large ES8 switcher is attached via the plates. Uh, it's large. It's not going to move from its position, but the rest of your pedals are attached how? So I have two pedals with dual lock, um, one of them only being the case because my uh, Morning Glory, I had to move it again. I can't actually remember why, and I didn't have any plates left, so I attached it with dual lock. Now the kilt... Um, the reason that has dual lock is because it moves every time I have to program my ES8. Um, ah. Because it's right in front of the uh, MIDI uh, in and out. Gotcha. This is this is good. We're, we're going to talk about that in a minute when we talk about pedalboard Tetris. Because that shortcoming, in a way, is only there because you need to access some stuff around the pedal. And this is the main complaint about temple boards is that it can be a pain to switch things around. To rearrange. Um, gotcha. But again, I can argue... I, I can argue the same thing against Velcro or uh, dual lock. But what the uh, temple boards and other flat or perforated boards have over the rail or slack construction boards is there's essentially more space and more available space for you to put pedals. Yeah, so there's there's logically no limitation to where you can put a pedal. It's all up to you as far as to how close you can fit stuff in regards to um, your cables and then... Right, but when you've got a slat construction, yes. there's gaps between where you can't place pedals, or pedals are sized in a particular way that they have to span certain rails, uh, and they can't be halfway between rails because there's no place for them to go. Mm-hmm, for sure, which so, is why I'm controversial, controversially um, not a fan of Peltrain. Gotcha. Or the ultimate support boards that I'm so Or the on. ultimate support. I do not like the rails with the large um, gaps between them. That being said... Um, with MIDI cables, such as the one controls, I cannot fit them through the holes on my, um, temple, temple oh, boards. Forcing you to put so cables have, across the top. Which is why it's not <laughs> dissimilar to a flat board. But again, when you have a clean board and you can mount them, you can also, with all the perforations on top of the temple boards, you can zip tie, put zip ties through those. And then without any zip tie mounts, so they just stay. So that is a limitation, but also it's not that big of a deal. Gotcha. Um, I guess now would be the great time to talk about other attachment methods. Um, Velcro is the classic. Dual lock is generally the upgrade. Um, zip ties are popular on holy boards, which we didn't mention. And that's really a result of the fact of the way the holes are arranged on holy boards. That's actually, honestly, from an aesthetic standpoint, it's my least favorite board. Zip made. ties, yeah, well, oh, uh, not the mount, but the board itself. The board itself, and then even the the way it's mounted, I. Yeah, zip, I zip, even zip ties are secure, but they can still move around like side to side a little bit. Correct. Not, I, I would say I am not a fan either. Um, one more to mention would be the uh, the kind of the bike chain link method. Uh, segments of bike chains are screwed to the corners, and those the figure eight pieces, the other mm-hmm. corners are screwed to your board. Well, the biggest problem is they're screwed to your board and mm-hmm. everything's permanent and moving something is difficult. Um, I'd say the only advantage is if you never plan to move anything on that board and you really want them mounted in, and they're never going to come off in any way, 
go with the bike links, but I don't have really any recommendations. We're all guitar players here. Yeah, you can't make up your mind any for any reason. Your pedal board is never, never done. Nope. Um, while we're on attachment methods, you may come across uh, some pedals that don't really like the adhesive so much. Uh, any pedal with rubber on the bottom. You've probably got a boss tuner. Um, how do you stick Velcro to that piece of rubber on the bottom? You, you can. can. Either, yeah, you can and you can't. So either you rip off the rubber, right. which I think most people do, or in some cases you can flip the entire um, back over, right. um, putting the rubber inside the pedal and then re-screwing it on to where you had the flat uh, metal underneath gotcha. to where you can... Uh, in our pedal board building uh, here at the store, we've done that many times. I will say, though, it's not completely flush, and it, there's a little hump in the middle. So, right. Well, I would say that it depends on the pedal. It does. Um, you also have to bear in mind that the screws are still going to stick out a little bit, but your Velcro dual lock is usually thick enough to overcome that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, some of the Boss pedals uh, have more guts inside than others. Not all of them have room for the rubber to fit inside. Yes. I'm thinking of the RC3 or RC1 is packed with circuit boards where other things like the noise gate or the tuner have room inside for mm-hmm. them to be flipped. Uh, you may find a similar problem with uh, your wah pedals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the flip-over method works uh, in most cases for those pedals too. There's also many pedals that do not that will have screws on the bottom that are not flush to the bottom of the Correct. pedal. Which in that case, dual lock often can be the better option, just because it's, it's thicker. It's thicker and uh, uh, higher profile, as opposed to the Velcro. But I believe you can also get some thicker Velcro. Um, now, when you're mounting your power supply to your board, because you are using a power supply, right? And you're putting it on your board because we want this all nice and neat. Mm-hmm. Um, where we may not agree always on putting Velcro or dual lock on pedals because of their, uh, its stiffness or attachment methods or whatnot. Um, I would say almost always dual lock for the power supply mm-hmm. because that way it won't move at all. I guess what a lot of people don't realize is, uh, Velcro doesn't, Velcro has a secure attachment, but it will play, it will flex. It will move side to yeah, side. It, it will move up and a, down a little bit. It's, it always has a little bit of play. It's got play in it. Now the dual lock, once it's locked in place, it doesn't move. Um, and the adhesive on the dual lock is straight up tops. So, uh, where on my Velcroed MIDI hub underneath my board, it's constantly falling off, but the, especially in the hot weather. Yeah. Um, gotta you, keep that in mind as well. Yeah. Especially if you live in hot weather and you keep your pedal board in your car, even for even an hour, um, adhesives can, uh, start to get really hot and, uh, melt and you can get a pedal move, moving and, and lose adhesion yeah and this hap- this actually has happened a couple of times on a few of the pedals on the temple audio plates oh okay yeah they are as uh susceptible to that as any velcro is all right so with our power supply underneath and mounted with the bracket that comes with the board or with the dual lock or how we've decided we've got maximum room up top on our board how are we going to make sure we maximize the space available to us? How are we going to cram as much pedals into the board as possible without sacrificing usability? Any tips there? So, in many cases, people prefer to have their pedals um, straight up horizontal. Or right, um, right side up. Right side up. <laughs> um, as far as 
economy of space and how much room you're taking up, this can always be the best option. Um, you also have to keep in mind there are jacks on top of pedals and jacks on the sides of pedals. Um, so you have to play pedalboard Tetris, and I have done this many times, and I kind of consider myself a master. Um, your, your, your board is uh, appreciably dense, so yes. Yes, so you have to... In many cases, you have to plan ahead for this, but once you start building the board, um, things can arise to where you might have to change some things. Um, this being said, don't be afraid to put pedals to the side or... Um, Always on pedals or things that you hit sen- yes. seldomly can go mm-hmm. on the top row. They can go upside down. They can go sideways. Yeah. Especially um, if you don't also, hit them for instance, um, some people don't like when you put uh, dry pedals to the side, but actually, um, if they're on the far right corner and you put the knobs toward the left and they're all... If they're going from the top to the bottom... That so, foot switches to the outside. To the outside on either far end. That allows you actually less chance to hit any of uh, the knobs and also easier access. Awesome. So, from a ergonomic standpoint, that is more beneficial than it is not. Gotcha. Uh, use smaller cables. <laughs> yeah. Um, lowest profile cables as possible. Gotcha. That's going to... Now, uh, less important with top jack pedals because there's more room for those uh, kind of cables to live. I currently have the opinion that top jacks are not always better, um, especially if you have a larger board like me and you don't have a lot of top jacks already. A top jack, when changing something, could be frustrating because you might have to make new cables to accommodate for that because they may need to go farther Instead of to the sides, they have to go around the sides to the top of the pedal. Gotcha. So it might not always be advantageous, but that is in the case of having to uh, change something out. Now, in the case of already having them, you can put them right up next to each other. Um, That being said, you also have to have room to hit the foot switches. And if you have a bunch of really small top jack pedals right up next to each other, and you have a bigger foot, it might be hard to... uh, accurately switch on the pedal without hitting anything else always an issue in construction um i guess uh shout out real quick to barefoot buttons for a solution to that um there's a few different options to raise your foot switches um mm-hmm. we're a little partial i guess to the barefoot buttons because they can come with your logo on them they are arguably <laughs> an ugly option um i think they kind of grow on you especially once you have used them and realize um the functionality is is really great. I have a few for um, the boost on my kilt because I can't use it with my, uh, I can't activate it with my ES8 and it just makes it easier to hit it. Um, and then I also have it on, oh, crap, I don't even remember where I put it. <laughs> I have two. While you can certainly run into uh, space constraints when you've decided to change out your drive pedal and the one you new one has side jacks where the old one had top jacks or anything else like that, when you're arranging your pedal board in the first place, uh, don't be so quick to start Velcroing your pedals in place when you haven't yet cabled mm-hmm. because you will run into issues where you need more space than you thought you did in some direction that you didn't think you were going to need the space. Absolutely. So... The way you um, compensate for this is when you place pedals, I like to grab my cables and put the, don't plug them in necessarily, but um, to all the pedals like in the chain, but maybe just plug one pedal 
in and then put it right next to it. And then you're able to accommodate it or see how much space you really need. Um, so that's a must in most cases. So you can kind of lay out your board and know where things are going to fit. Um, so lay everything out first before you have solidified the, uh, the, the configuration of your pedal board. Okay. Measure Tetris twice, Velcro once? Yes. And also, <laughs> um, when placing Velcro, um, there's a few ways to do this. You can either just put it right on um, the pedal and just slap it right back on. But in the case of um, dual lock and any board that's not covered in Velcro, um, creation boards, um, temple boards, anything that you don't have um, the strips of Velcro or the bars, um, an advantageous way to do this is to stick the whatever side you want on the back of the pedal, then cut out the same size strips for the um, that are going to go on the pedal board, peel off the adhesive, and then place the pedal where you want it with um, the Velcro gotcha. already So you're, already you're, you're saying stick the mated Velcro onto your pedal yep. and then peel the adhesive off and drop it right in place where it's going to go. Yes, and this is actually the only way to uh, correctly place the temple audio plates. You have to... Yeah, I see. Yeah, you have to... That's, some, that's another gripe about um, temple audio is that you have to be, it's extremely easy to mess up and you have to take your time. I would, I would argue against the pre-made put in place Velcro method. And I would prefer, I prefer strips Mm -hmm. only because there's more, um, versatility. Yeah. I want to move it over a half inch. And now if I left it that way, now I got, I got a wobbly pedal because it's not fully on the Velcro. Anyone with a, with a fairly not sparse board, but a more loosely fit board, that makes a lot more sense. I would but agree. For someone, because otherwise you're going to end up with strips of Velcro across the board that are unused and unsightly. Yeah. Um, which I can always. <laughs> um, but with anyone who has a more condensed board, it makes a little bit more sense to do my method as far as the way it looks. Gotcha. Uh, I wanted to add about leverage. Um, and it's just a factor you need to keep in mind because you're stepping on your pedals on your pedal board. Make sure that the way you've mounted that pedal, whether you're spanning rails on something like a pedal train or you're spanning openings on some other board, um, is that you've mounted it in such a way so that the foot switch is the most supported part of the pedal. You mm-hmm. can leave the back end hanging off because there's no force being applied there, but don't leave the front end of the pedal where the foot switch is hanging off because you're going to be applying forces that are going to wrench it off the board in a way that you're not going to want. Now, earlier in the program, we said that any pedal board is better than no pedal board for the simple reason Mm -hmm. of setup and tear down. Uh, You take that to the next level when you move all the interconnects that you might use on your pedal board, guitar in, amp out, effects loop, send, return, even power, um, you can put those all in one corner of your pedal board, opposite corners on the back, uh, with something called a patch bay or a buffer bay or uh, some kind of interconnection uh, that you've mounted to your pedal board yeah. in some fashion. And this allows you actually for more um, configurability in where you place pedals because you don't have to have, you don't have to necessarily have the any of those pedals like on the side of the board or on the top to okay. where you can plug you're, directly you're, into. Your the imp the your first in chain and your last in chain pedals. You don't need to place them such that the jacks are yep. available to you because you've moved all the inputs and outputs to the patch bay. Now I do have a patch bay, but I actually still have my 
I have my pedal board available to plug in just like that, just in case if it's just a troubleshooting method. If, if my patch bay went down or any of the cables went down, I can plug right into the board. But for the most part, this allows you to do anything you want. I would agree. Uh, I'll add that I have I have a wireless receiver on my pedal board. Um, I had originally installed the I have uh, input output jacks, mm-hmm. but now they're actually dual output jacks um, because the wireless unit uh, has a a normalized input jack on the side. Yeah. So if I need to plug in real quick, I can. I don't have to use one of my patch bays for that as well. So now I have two outputs instead of an in and out. Yeah. So I. I used to have a more complicated patch bay method. So the temp- Temple Audio sells a, a, um, a four-spot patch bay and then a sum mod and a, and a buffer bay. Um, I had the sum mod and the patch bay, and I used to go out stereo um, from the sum mod and in one input from the patch bay. Now, right now, it's much much simpler just for the sake of uh, troubleshooting and less to go wrong. It's just have, I go into the patch bay, mono and then i actually if i want to go out stereo i just go straight out of the big sky i'm not going out of the patch bay that's right now but you know sometimes <laughs> things will change so who knows what i'll be doing in the month uh if you use multiple pedal boards uh if you've kind of graduated to that maybe you've got a small board and a big board um, patch base can be super useful to essentially daisy chain your boards together uh, i like to call them motherboards and daughter boards ha mm-hmm. ha um, I am, I'm putting together a second board right now for some vocal effects, but it's going to have to tail off my current pedal board. So I've been building the patch bays with that in mind so that they can be used independently. Yeah. But that also, when I put them on stage next to each other, there's just essentially a jumper cable between the boards. Yeah. You could also kind of have a separate board for wet effects and essentially have like a, a effects loop board or, and have it like route it out. If you had a four patch bay, uh, um, patch bay, you're able to go into your pedal board, then go out where your effects loop is going to go, into your effects loop, back into your pedal board, and then out to your amp again. So I'd say the general recommendation is get a freaking patch bay because it's going to make the setup and breakdown of your pedal board that much easier. Uh, and you know you look cool when you whip out your board and set it up in about 30 seconds and you're done. Yeah, it's it's super easy. <laughs> um. In building pedal boards, uh, recently we've uh, come across some tips, some things that you might not think about that are kind of cool. If you've got the space for it and the wherewithal, not everybody is a DIYer of of any level, but if you are, there's some some cool things that you might think about. Uh, One of them is if you're a frequent tap tempoer, um, especially if you're using an external tap tempo switch, is... If you've got a little box that you're using for your tap tempo, if you open it up, you'll notice that it's pretty freaking empty inside. And if you're using a uh, probably a raised aluminum kind of board, uh, a Voodoo, a Gator, a Mono, um, a even, a, even a T-Rex, yeah, or even a Temple, um, consider actually mounting that foot switch in the board itself. Um, you can put it in the corner, uh, near one of your foots, near one of your foots, <laughs> one of your <laughs> or, foots, or near one of your foots, uh, for easy access for one of your foots. Uh, and then you've saved that space on your board for, for other things. I actually, am not even sure how much DIY would, you would need for, I know for the other two, you have to drill into the board, right. but since the temple audio, um, have the little holes, some of the, the larger holes, some already. of the larger holes, I think you could probably put a washer, um, 
on those and you yeah, probably might exactly fit. You can might might be able to get that to fit. Yeah, that'd be a simple project. Um something else that a lot of people overlook uh is especially if you're using a looping switcher like we talked about last episode, if you're carrying around the giant foot switch for your amplifier, um particularly the kinds that have four and five buttons mm-hmm. and to turn on reverbs and boosts and things you don't even use when in reality you probably switch channels and 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 maybe a solo boost consider that you can move those foot switch functions to your litching your your litching swooper to your switching looper when necessary um and you can get rid of that amp foot switch entirely yeah. uh, even even if that's not the case consider downsizing the foot switches you're using um i've seen two button amp foot switches that are you know the size of a hardback book when you can get it down to the size of a single you know small pedal yeah try to consolidate um your pedal board now we are very partial to what the underside of our pedal boards look like and arranging uh the cables therein but also trying to keep in mind the fact that it's never done, it's never finished, and nothing is ever permanent. So while a lot of people will use zip tie mounts and zip ties to mount the cables underneath, yep. uh, one method that you could use is use a zip tie mount, but don't use a zip tie. You're going to use a thin strip of Velcro, and you're going to loop that through the zip tie mount instead. Uh, this way, you've made a loop that holds the cable, but since it's Velcro, you can open it up and move cables around and put it back together yeah. again. Um Currently, my board is all zip ties. Um, if I were to do it again, I would do the Velcro method. Um, that even being said, it's pretty easy just to clip off the Velcro and then redo it. Um, or sorry, clip off the uh, zip, zip tie ties. and then redo it. And zip ties aren't expensive, which is what I'm still doing. Um, I would say that anything that is toolless is nice. better than uh, needing tools. That is nice. Um, that being said, I, I like to do a combination of both. I like to zip tie down the power cables and to Velcro the um, signal cables, your pedal, the patch cables, um, just because the power cables seem to be less important to move around as you're going to probably be moving around the, uh, the uh, patch cables more, in my experience. I would agree with that. Also... Um, a reason to mount everything to the bottom of the board and get it secure. It just allows for less things to move and less things to go wrong as they're not going to be jiggling around and getting loose. So you have less of a chance of uh, uh, catastrophic failure, <laughs> which is the primary reason I like it, other than it being nice and clean. Also being said, if something does go wrong, you have everything mounted and you can't move anything. So at the same time, it's like you win some, you lose some. But for the most part, I, I believe it to be the uh, superior option is if, if you have good stuff, it's most likely not going to go wrong. Another solution for problem adhesive pedals, uh, like the Rubber Boss we talked about, or even pedals for which you're really concerned about causing any damage with adhesive uh, to the bottom. Your clons. <laughs> um, if you use painter's tape... Uh, painter's tape across the bottom, and then apply your Velcro dual lock to the painter's tape, um, you've now got a really easy way to take that off, and it stays very secure, uh, more than you might even think. Especially if you you bring the painter's tape up over the edges of the sides of the pedal, just wrap around one corner and cut, um, you've made a really nice platform to then apply the Velcro with an easily removable, saving your serial number label underneath in the process. Yeah, and if you... Don't even if you don't put it up over the sides, it's still it's pretty secure. There is some limitations as far as 
it's not going to be as secure as mounting it directly to the pedal board, but it's going to be it's going to be adequate. So we could probably give you another hour's worth of pedal board tips were we actually talking about building pedal boards. But the idea of this episode was really to get you started in choosing your pedal board and knowing what features to keep in mind as to what's going to be important in your decision. Um, I've given most of my top picks early in the episode. David, what are your favorites? So other than Temple, which is by far my favorite, and I recommend it all the time. It seems to be comparably affordable to Pellet Range. It's a slightly different option. Um, but other than that, I, I, I tend to have more expensive taste. And I, I think it's what, it's because you get what you pay for. And you generally, the, the little bit more pricey things have some extra features that I enjoy, um, especially in the pedal board area. So I love the Freeman boards. They're my favorite tiered ones. I love the patch, the proprietary, proprietary uh, patch base that come with it. I think it's a great option. I think they look really nice. I think they're built very well. I personally wouldn't necessarily go with the power supply options because I like, um, I, I like the Voodoo Labs and I like the um, the Strymon stuff. I think they're a little bit more versatile um, and not quite as limiting. But the Freeman power supply, that being said, is great. It's just limited to 350 milliamps um, for each output. Um, I really, really, really like the mono boards. They are expensive, um, but their soft cases are an excellent option to someone who wants um, the protection of a hard case but doesn't want a hard case. It's it's very comp- comfortable. I think uh, Mono calls them the hybrid cases. They're like stiff-sided soft cases. Yeah. Um, I own their, one of their dual electric bags, which is great too. Um, I think they are they're pricey, but they're well worth the money. Um. Yeah, those are those are for sure my my top picks. I do really like the T Rex T Rex ones as far as a another cheap option. I think they're really uh, cool. The tiered aspect is really nice. And for anyone who wants kind of the tiered um, pedal board but doesn't want to pay for a Friedman T Rex is definitely the way to go. As with our looping switcher survey, you'll find the pedal board survey spreadsheet. Uh, linked on our website under episode resources. We hope you've enjoyed uh, and gathered some knowledge uh, about pedal boards, hopefully helpful in your next coming decision for your first or second or even third pedal board. Hopefully um, it's not your first because I like having as many pedal boards as possible, even though I have one. But you always have to have some, you have to have a first one. I know you do have to have a first one. Do you remember your first pedal board? I do. <laughs> um, I was going to say, what was your first pedal board? Um, Mine was surprisingly indulgent. My first pedal board is now my second pedal board. Um, I have a pedal train junior that is now becoming my daughter vocal pedal board. Mm-hmm. My pedal board, I, ha- I had a pedal train PT- PT2 forever. And then from there, I went to the Temple Duo. And it, 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 my my board has never taken a drastic change. It's been more of a ever evolving changing board it's never been like i'm going to completely redo everything um i still have pedals that i have owned the entire time i've been in the pedal board game and have been on my board for four or five years so yeah i do want to build another board though well that's good because uh whatever expertise you need we're going to talk about it and uh, i don't think our uh 
pedal board building days are over anytime soon. Not close. Right? They're never yep. done. Um, so until next time, uh, I'm Tony. I'm David. And we're the Pedal Sniffers. 